0: Well, Merry Christmas everybody. Go ahead and have a seat. So welcome you all and thank you so much for um, staying up. How many people, it's past your bedtime? And none of the teens had their hands up, I saw that. But Thank you so much for coming tonight and um, I love that we get to celebrate this, uh, this Christmas Eve together. And uh, have you ever wondered as you were shopping, what is the perfect gift? Whether you're thinking about a gift for yourself or or you're shopping for somebody else, you think, what is the absolute perfect gift? I know that um, when when I think of my wife, it's going to be an article of clothing of some kind. And uh, it's got to be, you know, the the perfect fit, the perfect size. It's got to be timeless. This thing can never go out of style. Um, Because when it does, it will come back and she will keep it till it comes back. But... um, I know that if I'm looking for something, you know, if it's gonna be perfect, then I'm not gonna be the only one looking for it. There's gonna be other people out there looking for this thing. And and then when I find it, I know it's gonna be way out of my price range. This is just astronomical, there's no way I can afford this. But then what if the perfect gift you found it was free? You do all this hunting, all this searching, and you come across like, this is the most amazing thing ever, and it is totally free. You could say that gift does not exist. There, there's, there's no gift that perfect that possibly could exist that is free. Now, maybe if you were God, you could find it. But, but the truth is, God did make that gift. He did make that for each and every one of us. He makes that available for all of us all the time. This amazing, perfect, free gift. And we get to celebrate the birth of that gift tonight. We've been looking at some Old Testament scripture in Isaiah And Isaiah, specifically chapter 9. Tonight I want to read a little bit from Isaiah chapter 7 as well. Because this passage is rich in this incredible gift of God. And it's not just a package, but this gift was a person. This person that came during the reign of King Ahaz. And it was a very unsettled time. And God issued this prophecy through Isaiah that this gift was coming. And we've talked about all the time before. Like, you know, this was 700 years before. Jesus was born. This was being prophesied. This perfect gift was coming. And in chapter seven, you go a little bit 40 years even earlier. So now we're 745 or 740 years before the birth of Jesus. And Isaiah 7.14 says, Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. What does that mean? A lot of us may know the the phrase and say, Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. God with us, and this, this is so huge that, that God himself would come down to be with us for so many reasons, and, and one of them, I, I, I think, is because he, he wanted us to get to know him better. Um, we, we have a preschool here, Celebration Kids, and I love the school. I have so much fun. And there was one day where this little girl was here, and she was so, she was upset, this little preschool girl, and I, I don't remember her, her teacher, what teacher class she was in, but they came, and this girl was upset, wanted mom and dad or something, and the big thing was like, what do we do, this girl, we're trying to calm her down, big problem, she wasn't speaking English. And so we were like, maybe it's Spanish, I'm a little savvy with Spanish, so I went down and started talking in Spanish and she looked at me like I was speaking a foreign language, I was like, okay, well this is not, she's not Spanish either. I didn't know what she was saying but I know that she was so upset, and in the moment I was just thinking, if I could only communicate in your language, if I only knew how to say your words, how to make you understand that everything's going to be okay, we're going to be here for you and, and help you. And I think God did the same thing with us. God, in his infinite love and mercy, tried everything to show us his nature. When he created Adam and Eve, he said, this is paradise, this is perfect for you. One rule, don't touch that tree. We know the story, right? They touched the tree. They touched the tree. And then because of that, there were consequences. Again, God tried blessing his people, said, I'm going to do immense and glorious things for you. And what did people do? We rebelled. We did things, and there were consequences. Over throughout the, throughout the Old Testament, you see the, the rise and fall of people, the, the people saying, God's saying, here's what I'm doing for you, here's what I'm giving you. And they say, this is great. And then they break the rules, and they rebel, and there's major consequences for those actions. And so then one day, God tried something different. He did something different with all of his love. He said, I'm going to speak their language. I'm gonna become one of them. I'm coming down to be with you, to show you what I'm like. And when he came, there was controversy, there was tension. That the God of the universe was born not in a palace, but in a barn. Not not surrounded by, by all this wonderful, clean robes and fabric and pomp and circumstance, but in filth. And he wasn't born around royalty, he was born around. The lowest people, as almost as if to say, I'm coming down for you, and I'm going to show you all from day one, I am here for the lowest of lows. The people at the bottom, I'm here for you. There's no one to love for my God. And then God, in the form of a baby, they wrap him in swaddling cloth. And you guys know what's crazy about what's used for swaddling cloth in Scripture? The same word is used for burial clothes. It's like a foreshadowing to what he's being born for. They wrap him up the day he's born in clothes that they're wrapping people up to die in. From day one, the foreshadowing that he became one of us, he's here to die for us. He is Emmanuel. He is here with us then, with us today. And what does he do when he's with us? I think we, we, when we hear the phrase, Emmanuel, God, with us, it can take so many, different, so many different turns, and I want to unpack a few things that I know God is actively doing today when we say he is here with us. And the first thing I think is so wonderful, he came to destroy the works of the enemy. And that we get to celebrate so much joy and fun at Christmas and, and have peace because we know that it wasn't just, hey, this is, this is Jesus. This is, the, this is God in the flesh. That's big. That's true. But he came to destroy the one who's trying to destroy you. He came to beat death. John wrote in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. He came to destroy, undo the work of the enemy of your souls. Because he appeared, because he came to this earth, there is a different outlook for your life a better outlook, diff- one different that Satan has for you because God's plan is so much bigger and better and more life-giving than, his, than Satan's ever will be. The one that came in light came to expose the darkness. Uh, a pastor shared a story once about when he said when he was a youth pastor, he was traveling for a season and he got home and his wife surprised him with a night out. And they they were on a tight budget, so they went to a cheap hotel. But it was just the two of them. They're going out, no kids. They're going to have just a night together. And she bought him a couple of his favorite candy bars. And they're in the hotel, and he puts the candy bars on the nightstand. And as they're sitting on their bed watching TV, ordering some, some food to eat in their room, his wife screams. There's a bug. A big bug on the pillow. And so he gets up, and he turns on the lights. And he turns on the light, this bug scatters, and he's trying to shoo this thing away. And as he's shooing this thing away, he said, he thinks he got it. He turns, and he looks at his candy bar, and there's another bug eating his candy bar. And he's just like, oh, my gosh. So he did what any good-loving husband would do. He jumped on the bed and said, dear, you take care of it. (laughs) He didn't do that. He did take care of it, got rid of the bugs. And then they called the front desk and said, there's bugs in our room. So they sent someone up to spray, and all the spray did was bring out the friends. It was not the night they thought they were going to have. Now, what happens, though, is we have someone in our soul who comes to munch in the darkness. When we think things are hidden, there's no one watching, we have someone who's there who wants to pick at you, who wants to come to your dark areas of your life. And if we let him, he will. But the key is First John 1. It says, walk in the light. Walk in the light. When we walk in the light, we can deal with the dark areas that the enemy has no power or authority over, because Jesus has that power. Martin Luther, who is familiar with the enemy, he wrote this: The prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little world, one little word shall fail him. You know what that word is? Jesus. That one little big word. Jesus. He came to rescue us. Colossians 2 talks about how Jesus came so we wouldn't have to live under and be controlled by this dominion of darkness. And it all started on this night. This night when Jesus was born, we came and thwarted the enemy's plans for your soul. We live in a decaying society, right? I think we can make that Blaken statement, right? Things, things don't seem to get better in society. Things just seem to gradually be getting worse and worse. But Jesus beat it. He came to dead individuals to give hope. He didn't come to to make a bad person good, but he came to make dead people alive. He came to restore, to bring hope. 2,022 years ago, on this night in Bethlehem, we were given the ultimate gift, a Savior to give us rest and to save us from the enemy of our soul.
1: Bethlehem in Jewry, this blessed babe was born, and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn, in which his mother Mary did in nothing take in scorn. O oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy! O oh, tidings of comfort and joy! FROM GOD OUR HEAVENLY FATHER A BLESSED ANGEL CAME AND UNTO CERTAIN SHEPHERDS BROUGHT TIDINGS OF THE SAME NOW THAT IN BETHLEHEM WAS BORN THE SON OF GOD BY NAME O TIDINGS OF COMFORT AND JOY COMFORT AND JOY O TIDINGS OF COMFORT AND JOY
0: Another thing Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us does, is when he came, he came to comfort the afflicted. How many of us can say at some point in life, maybe right now, you've been afflicted? Something's hit you, something's brought you down, something has hit you in a, in a way that you weren't expecting, but, but Jesus brings so much comfort in our affliction. Matthew one twenty one says, "'Surely she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save people from their sins.'" This, this person, Jesus, came as an antidote, right? The, the antidote to sin. The definition of antidote says it's a substance that counteracts the effects of poison or toxins, a welcome relief or remedy, something that will take away or reduce the bad effects of something experienced earlier. Jesus, this, this Emmanuel, he, he came to definitely take away the bad effects of our decisions, the, the bad effects of things we do, that we were all born into sin. And, and because I continue to sin, because we, we continue to sin, we need something to take away the affliction of our sin. Now, he, he doesn't come and, and comfort me in my sin, but he removes it. He removes it and says, you're not going to live in this. I'm taking this away from you, and we are going to move past it. Because his blood that was shed on the cross was the ultimate antidote for that sin. And because God gave his son, because God said, my son born to you, my son is with you, you don't have to be with this sin anymore. He chose to die for me. I can receive life with the sins forgiven because he shed his blood. But, but consider what this means. Now, I have two daughters. I love them so much. And if, if you came to me and said, said, Pastor, I've been diagnosed with something terminal, and the doctor says I don't have much time left, that would break my heart. And I would tell you, I'm here for you. Let's pray. Let's pray and believe. Let's pray and believe through this. But then if you said, but pastor, your daughter has the antibody, the antidote that would save my life if you would just give up hers, it would save me. The short answer is I would say no. I would say, I'm here for you. I will be here every single step of the way. I will pray with you. I will be at your bedside. I will do everything I can with you, but my child She's off limits. My job as a daddy is to protect my little girls. I'm not gonna let them any harm come to them. I'm gonna protect them from all this harm. But note God's response when this happens. We needed a savior. We needed something to take away our sins. And what happens? God said, here's my son. Here's my antidote. This is for you. How does it happen with him when I know that I couldn't, I wouldn't do it with my own kids? Remember when, if you're a parent or you have a kid, remember when you went through something with your kids where, where it, was, it was really, really hard to go through. I remember Aurora, she was under one year old, new dad, you know, new mom, and we have this baby, and I was at a staff meeting at Creekside, and we're in staff, and because I had a baby and I was back in staff from paternity leave, we had a rule, you know, in staff meetings, no phones, but I was like, new scared dad here, <laughs> I gotta have my phone on in case something happens. Sure enough, I get a phone call. And Stephanie tells me, Aurora's coughing up something green. She's having a hard time breathing. We're on our way to the hospital. Talk about a, a gut check in that moment. I remember in staff, you know, I think I just like hung up the phone, told the staff, said, Aurora's on our way to the hospital. Stephanie's taking her to the hospital. I've got to go. And they said, of course, go. And I remember getting in the car and driving thinking, What's happening to my daughter? God, let this be me. Let this be me. When I get there, let's trade, spot, let's trade spots. I will gladly do this, but, but don't let my daughter go through this. Spare her. That's the heart of the Father God for us. He knew we needed a savior. He said, hey, we're gonna trade. We're gonna trade. Right now, the, the wages of sin and the consequences is you should die eternally, but you know what? I'm gonna send my son to take that off your plate. My son will take this for you. This is the perfect gift. Emmanuel, God with us. This is God bringing comfort to those who are hurting today. 1 Corinthians 1, 3-4 says, Praise be to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. This Christmas season, I think, can be a magnifier for us. The good, the bad, it can magnify joy, it can magnify pain. Uh, to some, this is the greatest time of the year. This is is the time where Hallmark dominates the living room and the TV movies. Others, though, can be experiencing a deep hurt this Christmas and not know what to do. Maybe maybe some of you are experiencing Christmas with significant loss in your life this year, and it's the first time something has majorly shifted. Someone you love is not with you, and it's going to be a harder Christmas than normal. Maybe it could be a relational pain of, of divorce goo, getting stuck in your family, of Christmas totally shifting because of a, a marriage dispute and a marriage dissolving, and it gets into family and messes things up. Maybe it could be something smaller that someone would say is small, but it's very real to you. Maybe this is the first Christmas where your family's not together, not due to a, a tragedy or hardship, but just because of life and moving, and your family's not with you, and It's different. You've got kids spread out all over the country and they can't come see you and it just leaves an empty spot inside because Christmas is a little different. When God is with us, he's able to comfort each and every one of those situations. He's, ready, he's, he's there to fill that hole that we may say, this person was there for me. God says, I can be that. I can fill that. I am here to comfort you. And how does he do it? There's a powerful picture in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 13. It shows a, mother comforting, a mother's comforting relationship. It says, As a mother comforts her child, God says, So I will comfort you. How does a mother comfort her child? How many of us as kids, if we, if we had moms and dads at home, we hurt ourselves? It wasn't necessarily dad maybe we went to for the, the hugs and the kisses and the, the holding. It was most of the time mom. Right? You, you want to go see your mom. I know that, that my girls when they fall down or skin their knee, it's, it's mommy, Avery in particular. She hurts herself. It's mommy. I want my mommy. There's a, there's a love and a comfort with, with a mother holding their child. And, and I know that when Stephanie does it with, with the girls or, or if, if they come to me and I'm holding with the girls, I, I sometimes I get that picture as I'm cradling my daughter, just, man, this is like God cradling me in my comfort. This, this is my, in, in my time when I need comfort. This is, this is what I'm hurting and I can just envision God saying, it's all right, Dustin, I've got you it's all right, whatever we're we're gonna get through this, I'm bigger than this, I've got you. And I can't explain that feeling all the time, but, but I know that it's there. And I know that he does because he comforts me. God is Emmanuel. He's not some far off, distant, uninvolved God, but he is the God that is with you in the moment. The God that says, in your hurt, I am here. He wants to hold you. He loves to comfort those who are afflicted. But remember, when he does that, There's also some affliction otherwise that comes as well. But remember, God wants to comfort you on this holy night.
1: Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining.
0: I think the last thing I want to unpack tonight that Emmanuel, God with us, does. As so we talked about how He came to comfort the afflicted, I think He also came to afflict the comfortable. He came to afflict the comfortable. Have, have you noticed over the years there's the growing controversy of of what do you say at Christmas time? Do you say Merry Christmas or do you say Happy Holidays? There's, there's tension around, around Jesus, around the Christmas season. And in our day, you can, you can talk about God and spiritual things, and that's all right. But it seems like as soon as you, you mention the name of Jesus, a, a line is drawn in the sand. A line that people say, oh, you're you about to cross something that you shouldn't be crossing. Isaiah 7.14, this prophecy that came 740 years before the birth of Jesus. If you add the time until now, it was written over 2,700 years ago. You see how big this is? 2,700 and some odd years after the birth of Jesus, people are still fighting over his name, still fighting over his truth. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. When, When God, Jesus, the eternal one, became one of us through the virgin birth, there had been then and there always will be now tension until one day when it says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is king of kings and Lord of lords. And that's when the tension is over. But Emmanuel afflicts the comfortable. There's something about the presence of God that that can make someone who normally is comfortable feel very uncomfortable. When angels talked about the birth of Jesus, they said, glory to God in the highest, peace on the earth to whom his favor rests. And Jesus then says in Matthew chapter 10, he says, do not suppose that I had come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to just bring peace, but a sword. That's Jesus right there talking. Jesus with a sword, that's a great picture, Right? Something about the presence of Emmanuel afflicts the comfortable, and, and some may feel a little bit uncomfortable. How many, how many people have, have walked into church before, maybe after a long absence, maybe haven't been to church in a long time, and, and as you walk in, you're, you're kind of getting nervous on your way through the parking lot to the door. You're like, gosh, I just don't know what to say. I remember talking to someone um, a while ago who said, one time I came to church and I didn't make it out of the parking lot before I went home because I was just too nervous to go on the front door. That person eventually came, and it was fun to hear more of their story. But people start thinking, what is the pastor going to do? What's he going to say? He's going to tell me I'm horrible. He's going to tell me I'm sinning. He's going to tell me to give me all of his money, something along those lines, right? And it's just, it causes uneasiness, but that's okay. I think that's a good, uneasy feeling because I think that feeling is a little preparation for God about to do something in your heart. It's okay to get uncomfortable because God will make us a little uncomfortable. when you watch through scripture, Jesus likes to make people uncomfortable. He comes to a rich man. And a rich man comes to him and says, what must I do? What, what do I have to do to inherit this? And Jesus says, hey, if you want to follow me, I've got something for you. Sell everything you own, give it all away and follow me. Those words made that guy very uncomfortable. Someone tags you on the cheek. You know what Jesus says? Turn the other one. Someone says, Can I have your shirt? Jesus says, Don't just give them your shirt, give them your coat. And living up in Washington, I realized coats are valuable. Didn't need them in California. We need them here. Someone says, go a mile. You know what Jesus says? Just go two. Someone says, I want to find my life. What's the meaning of life? Jesus, I've got to find it. You know what Jesus says? You want to know how to find your life? Lose it. Things that make people very uncomfortable. Jesus says, give it away. Maybe you've been trying to be comfortable and you're a little uncomfortable now. Not just because we're in a church building pushing midnight and you're probably thinking when I go home there's stuff to get done before before everyone gets up tomorrow. But maybe it's because God is here. God is here. God is in this room with us and his presence is doing something. I believe God is coming after every person here because his desire, when he came all those years ago, he's still here today because he wants to know you. He wants to be a part of your life. He is a good, good God. Merry Christmas or happy holidays. And 2,700 years later, people are still fighting about who he is. And when people say happy holidays, you know what that word comes from? The word actually comes from holy day. And, and everyone, guess what? This is a holy day. This really is a holy day. Not just because it's Sunday, Saturday night. Sorry, just, you know muscle memory. That's because it's Saturday night, but because God is here. That's what makes this holy. God is here with us. God is Emmanuel. Tomorrow, December 25th, Christmas Day, that is going to be a holy day. Not because the calendar says it's Christmas, but because God is here with us. Happy holidays is a holy day. January 1st can be a holy day. March 23rd, July, no, November, whatever day of the week can be a holy day because God is a part of your day. When Moses encountered God at the burning bush and God in the, the voice through the bush said, take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. It wasn't that specific spot in the desert that was holy. You know what made that ground holy? God was there. God was right there with him because he wanted to be and speak with Moses. Moses. When Jesus was born of a virgin in a barn next to animals, it was a holy night because God was with us. The best news of all time. Every day of your life, Emmanuel wants to be with you. Every single day. What I'm going to tell you right now is going to be a holy day because not about the day of the calendar. It's because of Emmanuel. He left heaven, came to earth, born of a virgin Paid for our sins in the way only he could do. Died the most horrible death we could imagine, but he didn't stay dead. He's back. He's here and he is real. In this moment, if you're, if you're hurting, he'll comfort you. In this moment, if you're comfortable, he's gonna make you a bit uncomfortable. But know that he loves you, he's here, and he's the only one who can give you the comfort that you may be looking for. Why does he do this? Because the virgin shall be with child, and he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that's what we get to celebrate.
1: Rejoice, he man you shall come to thee. Yeah.
0: now the moment you've all been waiting for i promised fire um what we're gonna do is is the weather good outside yes we have no rain so what we're gonna do is under your chairs you have a communion cup and a candle now, due to time, what I'd like you to do is communion. I would like you to take this home tonight, and whether you do it tonight or tomorrow, um, observe communion together, you know, recognizing Jesus' body and his blood that was broken and shed for us. So take that as a family, and if you need more to take home, I have a, I'll have a basket that I'll put um, on the coffee bar out there where you can take communion cups home with you. What I want to invite you to do is take your uh, communion cups, take your candles. We're going to go outside And we're going to circle up, and we're going to light these, and we're going to sing some Christmas carols into Christmas morning together. Um, Also, on your way out on the coffee bar, there are uh, sheets of paper. Everyone needs one if you want the lyrics to to some Christmas carols that we're going to sing. So I invite you guys now, grab your candles. Let's go outside in the parking lot and start forming a circle, and we'll start lighting candles, and we'll sing together once we're all ready to go.